on power, we're rocking 67%. That should be fine. As be, long as it like, yeah. gives us a warning before it cuts out. Yeah. Should be fine. All right. All right. Hello, everyone. This is the Finding the Overton Window podcast. I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dubel. Emmanuel Atendama. And today we are exhausted after a long, hard week, and we're just going to have a nice little fireside chat about <laughs> life, the universe, and everything. Um, so, you know, two pretty similar topics. The big inflation report in the U.S. that everyone was excited for has just come out, like, probably like an hour ago now, um, giving slightly worse numbers than people expected overall. I think it was like 0.1% or something. But the, uh, the core areas, like energy prices, shot up a little more than that. And that has people pretty freaked out because those areas are harder to hit with things like... Um, the interest rate cuts that people have been trying in the central bank. That's got everybody worried. Um, but I think that besides you know, the financial realities of our time, the other subject that we're particularly concerned with is, because I wasn't joking earlier, uh, the meaning of life. Um, I think that's like a suitably esoteric topic that we can discuss um, in today's uh, you know, talk show special episode. So, why don't you guys give me, if you had to like, if you were constrained to one sentence, Emmanuel oh, and Paul, uh, what is the meaning of life? I feel like for Emmanuel, this is easy, because when you have a religious <laughs> basis, it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're here but for But even that. then, one sentence Yeah, fair enough, fair be, enough. And there's like a lot of ways to interpret that stuff, so I don't know. But yeah, if you, if you had to put it into one sentence, you can't, you can't, you can make it a run-on sentence, but I'll get mad at you. So like, you can't caveat, you can't hedge, you can't do any of these things. Like, Semi-colon, what do you think the meaning of the comma, life is? Yeah. colon. Uh, hmm. The meaning of life, you know, this is something I've been debating a lot recently. Uh, like, whether it's people considering if, what their purpose in life is, or what the meaning of life is. Uh... I would like there to be a meaning of life. I don't know that there is. Like, gosh, if only you read a Bible. <laughs> oh heavens! Uh, I just how it works? like you just it doesn't it it like works. why does there have to? I mean, it, it <coughs> would allow us to make better choices and be more motivated in our lives. But like, it doesn't really make sense that humans have a meaning of life, but so nothing else. I, I mean, reproduction. I, I started. There. Sex, okay, based. I, I started with the question <laughs> wrong. It's like, <laughs> do you think there is a meaning of life? Well, that's, I mean, like, if, if like, that's, that's, like, the most straightforward and kind of lame answer, honestly. You're is welcome. like, what, what is life? Oh, how do we define life? Well, it needs to, like, take in nutrients, be able to, what is it, be able to move or something? It's be able to respond to stimuli, that's it, and be able to reproduce um, and then I forgot which one of those, like a virus doesn't, isn't actually life because of, it fails yeah. one of those things. I think there's like yeah, four or five criteria, but yeah, you could literally just say, oh, the meaning of life. Well, it's the things we define life well, as, but that's like a no, super boring But I think answer. like uh, that, that's, a, that's the meaning of, it's really just the basis of our definite, there's nothing else to it. Well, if you do, if you, if you, so like when people ask, what do you think the meaning of life is? They're often, often giving like a, a, a pretext, <coughs> like a, some sort of greater meaning, right? Because yeah. And, and so I would say, if you would say, like, if I were to ask you, do you believe in a meaning of life? And you said no. And then I would say, what is the meaning of life? Then you would probably say those things, right? Because you yeah, have yeah. nothing else to exactly. go with besides yeah. descriptions of how we, like, taxonomically define life. Yeah. I, That's probably reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I'll go more into my definition, but I'll let Emmanuel give his uh, first here. Wait, I thought the question was, do I believe there's a meaning to life? So, yeah, there's two, it's two parts. Do you yeah. believe there's a meaning to life? And if so, what is it? Absolutely. I believe there's a meaning to life. And if so, what, what is, is it? it? And it would go back to my definition of one truth. sentence, even though I'm pretty sure Paul cheated. But it, yeah, yeah, it, it would definitely go back to my definition of truth. And the same way, if you asked me what's the uh, purpose of a car, I can only tell you based on the reason why it was originally manufactured or invented, what's the purpose of a pen, the very reason why it was made, the purpose of these microphones. Well, then, that we well, then by it. that argument, okay. the purpose of Viagra was very different from <laughs> how, from what it was, <laughs> but besides the point, sorry. Are you talking about the chemical or the person who put together the drug? The drug, well, 
itself. The, it's, okay, well, first of all, I don't know the, the purpose for which it was. It was Wait, for a heart condition. Go, okay. Yeah, well, keep, this, going, keep going with what you were going. You yeah, were going. sorry. So okay. I think you actually reached like a, a yeah. thing. Yeah. And so for the very reason, I would say that the purpose of life, to find the purpose of life, I would go back to the source who created life. And that's the reason why when Paul was speaking, I jested in there saying, well, you've only read the Bible. Because I believe that God created life. God is the inventor and author of life. And so he defines what the purpose of life is. Mm-hmm. And he created life and everything to honor him. And so when I'm living that, my life becomes meaningful. And all of the things that I find meaning in are the things that the Bible says God, that God determined that we do to honor him. So you would say that the meaning of life is worship and honoring God. Absolutely. Much better said okay. than I did. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons religion is so appealing is because it offers that. Whereas without religion, it's like, well, first, Daniel, let's, what's your, do you believe there's a meaning to life? And if so, what is your, um, No, I don't. I don't want to give my take yet. Actually, what? <laughs> um, it's probably going to be pretty similar to yours, Paul. Okay. But I. But I. This is a really interesting juxta, juxtaposition between you two. So, like, because yeah. what I'm actually interested in asking is, Paul, if you found out, let's say that you know you were forced to accept, say, from some evidence or something else, that, or you you received revelation, divine revelation, that the the Christian God is is real and true. Um, you know, however, in the form of prophecy, whatever way that this works so that one can't just say, oh, well, no, that violates the definition by the fact of it happening, right? Cause, mm-hmm. So let's say that were true. Would the knowledge that someone or something created you and the universe around you in the way that it's described, like for the purpose of that, would that, would that change your opinion on the meaning of life? Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Okay, and then Emmanuel. Yeah. Let's say, given that you received, now don't ask how this is possible, <laughs> that you received divine revelation that God isn't real. <laughs> or that at least not in the way that you believe in. Perhaps maybe divine revelation by God that you were not created in his image nor to give him, uh, nor to worship him. Would that change your perception on the meaning of life? Okay, so let me get what you're saying correct. <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad you actually rephrased it the way you did the second time, where you yeah. said you received divine revelation. The first time, what you said, divine revelation that God wasn't real. And then you well, rephrased that's it. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I meant, yeah. but I didn't yeah. say it quite yeah. okay. right. So, yeah. And the second time, what you said, because I was going to say that my follow up was going to be, well, if God isn't real, yes, then where that, is the divine That's why he from? said it. Okay, it, yeah. it, it would yeah, sense, so I could, I could go into all sorts okay. of. Assume oh, well, there was a way you found it out. It wasn't that God, God was it was the person running the simulation of the universe. It was some other greater power, but that's kind of where I went with that. So, God reveals his nature to you, but it's not as it's written in the bible and he's okay. honest about this or it is honest about this okay. he with a capital h is honest about this okay um and and you know in your heart of hearts to be true mm-hmm. this is the, what he says to be true does this change because because all i'm doing here with you guys yeah. is playing the game of like you know what would it take you to convince you otherwise or like where are where are these things based in like like if the nature of your reality changed and you knew this to be true with 100 percent certainty would that change the meaning of life for you i feel like it would have to but go ahead emmanuel well if um some i received some divine revelation as you put it uh, or some received some knowledge which showed that what i believe was a lie and it was able to give me enough evidence uh, and not just enough individual evidence, but consistent evidence with reality yeah. and history and all the other things that surround us yeah. and everything correlated and conformed and was consistent enough. Yes, then I would believe it if I truly am seeking truth. So, so you would say that. Yeah. So you would say you would say, okay, God, now give me some citations. <laughs> <laughs> I need sources, baby. Sources. Prove to me you're not the devil whispering in my ear. Precisely. I like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind that. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think that what I'd say is that, 
like if I were asked, if I were put in your situation, Paul, where the divine nature of reality is suddenly revealed to you, to me, and I'm told like, hey, you know, you were created in my image to, to worship and to honor uh, my being um, and all that I've created. I, I don't know that I would necessarily, just because I was created for that purpose doesn't mean that I have to believe life is for that purpose, if that makes any sense, right? You can, you can appeal to that as a purpose, but something had been created for a purpose doesn't mean that its purpose becomes that. Because, yeah. once again, because purpose is such like a nebulous, subjective thing, we can even, you know, even going over like the, the, the dick medicine uh, mm -hmm. example. Like something being being created for something doesn't necessarily miss, and this gets into like a bunch of like epistemology. I actually don't know. I don't know how philosophers deal with purpose. I'm actually not sure. Like the because there's like very specific ways that things are imbued with ideas and concepts in like formal logic or mm -hmm. formal philosophy. Yeah. And I'm actually not sure how that works with purpose because it seems to me like like we could monkey around any sort of any sort of definition here of purpose, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. yeah, I think mine would be that like, um, I don't believe there's a meaning to life, but each person probably ought to find something, find or create one, if that's a thing. Like, like in one sense, I could say that <clears throat> like we ought to behave in a way that, that minimizes suffering. We ought to behave in a way such that we are, um, we conform to a society that we would want to live in, like that, like we um, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Is that's like mm -hmm. the utilitarian, like the the version of that? Like I, but this is all getting into like moral prescriptions rather than meaning of life, right? So, yeah, and um, the, that's kind of what I was gonna say when I said like I want to get back to, because like I don't think there is a meaning to life, like yeah. a, this is the meaning, yeah. but I do think people should define and try to find and explore and maybe the falsely accept that there is one in their own head just because I feel like it, it gives you direction. It, it, it allows you to make contributions well, to society or to be happier or whatever. The case I don't is. think it needs to be false. I get what you mean by that, yeah. but I don't think it needs to be false. Cause in that sense, it almost saying like, you're like people ought to believe in like, act as though they believe in religions even if they don't believe in it. Or they well, act yeah, to yeah. take on moral codes even if they don't believe in it. I think you should take on a moral code and a meaning for that life if you don't believe you. in it, even if you don't believe in it, like a, like a higher meaning. Yeah. You can still make a, th make a set of things that are meaningful according to your morals or according to your values, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that would be like, a, like an, induced, an induced meaning, an induced measure, get into real analysis. It's an <laughs> induced measure Stop. of meaning over the, over the, the three dimensions in time. Uh, mm -hmm. Three spatial dimensions in time. Yeah, something like that. What do you think, Emmanuel? What do you think about all that? Well, I mean, he, he, he's, he's... I feel writing, like he's, he's writing notes. Oh, no, I, I'm just writing notes. I'm just giving it thought. Uh -huh. Because some of these things are things that I have never actually actively thought about. Uh -huh. Okay. And so what I'm going to speak over here, I'm not going to speak mainly based on my opinion, what I feel like or what I think. Okay. Um... And I'm not going to speak from any uh, strong scholarly theological point of view. Mm -hmm. Sure. Where it's going to be uh, maybe well thought through. We're uh, just chatting. I was going to say, yeah. I don't think yeah. any of us are doing we're that. We're just chatting. <laughs> we, yeah, we're just chatting here. And so uh, what I would think about is, okay, what are some of the things that give our lives meaning? Mm. And that's where I'll define it from because sometimes you know what, a thing is or what the purpose of a thing is by what it's not or maybe the things that actually make it flourish mm -hmm. and so what are some of the things that give our that helps that help our lives flourish what are some of the things that bring us joy and I'm not saying that the things that make us happy or make us excited in the moment what are the things that when it comes down to it we really treasure yeah like I, things like uh uh, love, family, uh, looking at uh, just gratitude, like you said, mm -hmm. treating others well. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're kind of pushing it away from hedonism here, right? You're, you're using the words <laughs> flourish and joy instead yeah. of like pleasure, right? Yeah. yeah. For that purpose. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, as much as, like I said, I have never thought through these things like deeply, uh -huh. I'll say that I'll just look at it on the surface level and say what are the things that 
And I'm sure these are things that we can all truly appreciate. Yeah. We just had a break, and you went to visit family. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we all come from families, and we know sometimes families can be challenging, families can be difficult, but we still In enjoy the end, love them, and yet yeah. we still love them. Like, we look at the things that, the holidays are coming soon. Soon it will be Thanksgiving. And not all family Thanksgiving dinners. It's spooky uh, season <laughs> right now. You can hold off on your Thanksgiving <laughs> nonsense till next month. Thank you. Hey, I'm very grateful uh, and so you, you look at the things that give life meaning for every single one of us that we can identify with. Love, beauty. Like I hiked the Adirondacks a few days ago and uh, I came back very sore just looking at the changing colors, like the leaves. It was just beautiful that you can mm-hmm. take it in. You appreciate it. You appreciate things like beauty. Uh, we all have love in our lives from family, from friends. And when you help a stranger, like the fuzziness that you feel, like just being able to, like yeah. you were saying, um, uh, doing unto others what, mm-hmm. the, uh, treating others with kindness. And um, yeah, when someone gives you a gift, like Christmas is coming, sometimes you receive a Christmas present, maybe a birthday present, and the gratitude that you feel towards them, like these are the things that give life meaning. You take those out and everything else, like all the pleasures, sometimes do not satisfy. Mm-hmm. And so I would, define my meaning in terms of the things that actually satisfy rather than just make us feel momentarily excited. And it's it's interesting that I also would like to kind of bring to the attention here the way that kind of changes throughout life. Like I know, for example, you know, when you're an angsty teen, you rebel against your, your yeah. parents and yeah. you, you might say once or a million times that you hate them or whatever the case is. And like mm-hmm. you, uh, there was another example I wanted to give here that I am just blanking on, so that's great. But like how over time, like, oh, that's what it was. So for Christmas, for example, when I was young, getting gifts was the best thing ever. I was like, hell yeah, don't care about anything else. But now I look forward to giving gifts more than anything because the feeling of seeing someone appreciate something that you got, like that they was just meant for them, that, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. I love the Christmas season and I I, spend way too much money. Nieces or nephews? I do not know. Okay. But whenever you give a present to like your niece or your nephew, you see them light up. Like it fills you with so much joy. You feel like that smile you see in the kid's face is more of a gift oh, to yeah, you I'm sure. than you're, what you gave. You're so avuncular. <laughs> that is a, a word. Uncle-like. We, oh, I think we, yeah, we, I yeah, introduced yeah, it last yeah, time. I was yeah. like, literally the definition is like an uncle. Because I knew how it was used, but I never knew the definition of it. And now like anytime someone says about nieces or nephews, like you, you're avuncular. <laughs> But that's kind of the spirit you guys are talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. like exactly what it's supposed yeah. to be. It's like yeah. the, the nice uncle who brings gifts and stuff. I uh, I also wanted to, to bring up kind of a, a related topic to this. Uh, well, there's a few things I want to kind of hit on here in, in case no one pieced together. This was... I had been wanting to talk about this for a while now. Uh, I didn't do my research, so we turned it into a very casual thing. Um, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on destiny like do is is your future one thing is it predetermined is are you meant to do one thing in your life or is it kind of just you do the best with what you got or or what are your what are your thoughts on how our lives unfold over time uh we're organic machines and nothing matters bird dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yet we must derive meaning as individuals uh, to maintain a coherent and uh, enjoyable and I won't you draw I won't make it too circular to say meaningful existence but mm-hmm. that's that's what I that's what I believe that's okay. what I believe that's all I have been given reason to uh, so to there's think. there's no des- like your life unfolds as it does you don't have anything that's going to happen or do you believe that the the, so, the variables of life will always be the same and so to some I mean, extent I've this goes back to like what I've talked about of like free will where it's mm-hmm. like yeah, exactly. given any situation you will always act the same but that's only because all conditions which are like you and your environment are the same I don't like um time flows so the way physics works time can flow in both directions entropy is what keeps it flowing in one direction essentially flowing forward um there's no like concept of like rewinding and playing again like Mm -hmm. that like it's a very human thing to think about that Mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually like 
make, make any sense, sense in terms yeah. of the universe. So like I, I don't see any. I get really annoyed by like people who are like, wow. You're religious. That's cringe. And then go and talk about like astrology or something. <laughs> like, like I see. Like, if you're gonna build up like your consistent worldview from first principles, and you do that through like religion, like that's fine. But if you're just like, oh yeah, I believe some things for absolutely no reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has like no bearing on anything besides it's like some things <laughs> some people have talked about before. Like, and and so that's kind of. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like destiny kind of fits into that things and like predeterminism is just like, like, I, I don't think it makes any sense as a topic to consider. I'm not doing this as a roast, by the way. No, I'm just no, like, no. I, I, I fundamentally don't know how to intellectually like engage with the topic because none of the ways in which I consider the world like mesh with it at all. And I see no reason to like bring it into the fold of like fair something fair. that should be considered. Um, so, you know, I, like I mentioned at the beginning, I hadn't fully thought about this before, yeah. but with the discussion that we are putting together, I'm certainly writing down some things because like some of the things that you guys are saying are actually putting different perspective together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, when you wrote, uh, sorry, not when you wrote, when you, when, wrote. When you said, um, what is the purpose of life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, and uh, like, what are we here for? So I, I wrote that down, I was like, okay, why am I here or why are we here? Mm -hmm. And then uh, when you just talked about destiny, I was like, okay, so where are we going? Mm -hmm. Like where are our lives ultimately heading? And uh, one of the beauties about having, um, I don't like to use the word religion because uh, it's a very wide spectrum, but Mm -hmm. I would say one of the beauties there is to, being a follower of Jesus Christ is your worldview is consistent. Like when I talk about where am I from, which uh, at the beginning, I know that we were created in the image of God. That's mm-hmm. what I would tell you mm-hmm. based on the Bible, that we're created in the image of God, that we are from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are we here? And like I mentioned, and you put in much better words, that our, our purpose over here is to worship and to honor God. Mm-hmm. Like the things that we enjoy, the things that we do, like everything that we participate in, mm-hmm. be it individual or corporate, we do it to honor him. And the thing is, where are we going? Ultimately, we're gonna be with him, like long-term, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you're- uh, Don't speak too soon. <laughs> always time to change, Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> That's not actually how it works, but yeah, we'll, duh, we'll, we'll get to that conversation <laughs> another time. <coughs> so yeah, where are we going? We are with him right now, and ultimately our lives are still going to out for him and will be for him continually, even to the end. Mm-hmm. And so, like all of, like, you've noticed that um, if you've listened to everything from the very first episode and everything, my worldview ties in consistently yeah. with what I believe. Yeah. And for me, all of that gives me meaning. So as we go on, like. So these are the things that I've written down so far based on the questions that you've asked. And uh, that's what I have. If you should ask other questions, maybe I'll find ways of tying them yeah. up to what I believe. Yeah. Maybe, I, mean, I mean, ideally, that's how it should work, right? Is mm-hmm. If yeah. you have a sufficiently consistent framework, the idea of new questions into untrod territory shouldn't scare you because you yeah. have a methodology yeah. for approaching them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that... that that should probably apply in general, and I think that's it's you know it's always possible to reason through those things, but it's definitely a strength of where you're coming from. I'd say mm-hmm. um, is the ability to grasp with really, really like uh, out there, like non-physical questions. I mm-hmm. guess. Anyway. So Daniel, I have a question for you since okay. you say you don't believe in kind of anything. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, for the most part, uh, no. But um, uh, how do you? Uh, process like what you should do with your life like how do you think about like the what is most efficient what will bring the best happiness <coughs> how how do you go about yeah. making decisions without that's, that's, a, that's a hard one and it's always, so first I'll, I'll say that um, my approach in contrast to yours Emmanuel would be that I'm okay with not having 
my, my goal would be to try and make things as consistent as possible, as possible into how I approach the world or how I view the world, but I'm okay with not having perfect consistency because I'm not in a perfect state of knowledge. And, and I guess that means that I would be perfectly consistent given my state of knowledge, mm -hmm. but like if, if, as soon as new knowledge is, is given to me sufficient that I should update my beliefs, then I will update my beliefs. And that holds for all of my beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, I think that even, even core axioms, even things I assume could be shown to be bad assumptions with a certain amount of, of impetus, right? Given that I learned something. So I, I, so to that answer, Paul, I've definitely updated my views a few times over the years. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be, like way back when, I was a, I guess like a, I, I guess a hardcore ANCAP, but the problem was that I didn't really know anything about anything. I hadn't like read enough, so I, or, or thought enough. So I kind of went with a fully like objectivist approach, which was just like, well, because there's no no greater purpose, or even if there is a greater purpose, all I can know is myself and the people around me, um, so I should worship and honor myself. And I don't mean that in terms of the the hedonistic way, mm -hmm. although yeah. it, it can be, it, it certainly bears the sin of pride, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the idea, the, the kind of the way that worldview works is that everyone should bear that for themselves and they should try and build and create and do as much in their life as possible. Um, it's kind of nebulous on like the, the super philosophical grounds. Mm -hmm. But um, there was a while there where I kind of became very, very... Uh, nihilistic I guess mm -hmm. and yeah. um, became pretty much my I, I was like well you know nothing really matters you can morally justify anything but I still believe that I shouldn't try and create a society that I don't want to live in um, but I was kind of hedonistic in the sense that I'll just work towards power because that's what pleases me or that's what satisfies me mm -hmm. um, it's something that's that can be built um, it's something that can be measured in a lot of different ways I'll try and accrue um, power but that's like Gains. that is um, that is not a, a great that is not a great end right it's not a super mm -hmm. consistent philosophy it doesn't lead you to good places mentally um, I, I think that as far as like what should I do or what should we do I, I think a lot of it has to do with like well you know people should be able to do your, your, your autonomy means that you should be able to do whatever you want as long as you're not threatening the autonomy of other people. So then, given that I want to do something, I want to consider why I want to do it. Um, if I, you know, do I want to do this because it's satisfying some some chemical thing, or do yeah. I want to size, do something because it's satisfying some chemical thing and it's also giving me something that I can perceive as greater, that I can look back on later and also get some sort of, it's still a chemical response, but mm -hmm. it's something that has more long-term pleasure to it. Um, yeah. And it's something that, makes me feel like I can, once again, these things are all chemical, but there's different levels yeah. to it, right? Yeah, there's like sure. my lizard brain chemicals versus <laughs> my like, my like really like frontal lobe, like an appreciation yeah. of this, this thing mm -hmm. that I've created. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that I, I would be very, I wouldn't be quick to put on, like when I think about should I do things, I'm usually not very quick to be like, oh, this is in the category of things that I shouldn't do. Um, but this is, okay, this is, sorry, sorry. I'm not saying be like, hey, should I mug that person? <laughs> well, I wouldn't dare put that in a category of things I shouldn't do. So I'm going to sit down and consider whether I should mug that person. They have a really nice person. No, that's not like that. That that's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, like within things that are because like because we've already worked out that those are things we shouldn't do, right? I don't want to uh -huh. live in a society where people can mug each other or where people should mug each other or where it's okay for people. So I'm not going to do those things. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that was a very roundabout answer, but you kind of have to like. Yeah, yeah, no. For <laughs> you sure. have to go it like that. But I, I think it's the same way I would tell kids to do calculus or stats or other math problems. Is like the number one thing is like being organized and being like procedural, doing it step by step. So if you're like, what should I do that makes my ha me happy? Do I need to consider the entire totality of existence and be like, oh man, I need to look at all the things that could possibly make me happy and make sure I find the right one or I'll be miserable for the rest of my life? No, I just need to find something that makes me sufficiently happy that I feel is sufficiently mm -hmm. meaningful, right? Okay. I think that's, that's all we need. So finding, and maybe you need more than one of those things. A lot of people do. So I, I think that just being on the lookout for things that, you know, are meaningful to you, that 
that make you like that that seems sufficiently worth doing based mm -hmm. on the values you've kind of like talked yourself like okay th yeah. these things like these seem like things that could i know people i respect value these things i value these things um these are aims that i should push and i think that's like a genuinely good way to do it it's mm -hmm. not as algorithmic as as i would like it to be and maybe i'll mm -hmm. improve that in the future but um i think that's kind of the the, the best i can do right now mm -hmm. like right now Sorry, I know I've been talking for a while. No, I'm trying to be fine. holistic here. Right now, when I consider things I should do, I'm like at a much more basic level than that because I'm like like struggling with health stuff and like work is hard and life is hard as a grad student. So like a lot of times it's just like, okay, I need to focus on the essentials. Diet, sleep, exercise, <laughs> socializing. Yeah, I need to try sure and, all of them are try and clean things. Grad school need to make my bed after I get up. Try to claim otherwise need that to, those are the essentials, but, you know. I need to work out. Yeah, and then on top of that all, it's like, okay, I still need to make sure that I'm keeping some sort of regular work schedule. I need to make yeah. sure that I'm communicating with my advisors. I need to make sure that I'm... It's like stuff that I feel like as a kid I should have picked up, and I think I did a lot of it, and then I lost a lot of it after, you know, whatever it was COVID or before that in undergrad, just like not... <laughs> doing things but anyway like putting together basic habits mm -hmm, i yeah. think is like super important and that allows you to look at higher questions of meaning once you have those things done yeah. so yeah. looks like someone's been listening to peterson uh i mean that's a lot wait yeah. oh make the i mean that stuff is like i mean right peterson got the make your bed thing from, yeah like, an army guy who did yeah. a speech um, so like this stuff is yeah i think i listened to the same thing uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well yeah but it's guy. like he yeah. Like that stuff has been spread throughout a lot of self-help stuff, and I oh, agree yeah. his books do a good job of compiling a lot of that. Yeah. But I was a before he went insane. I was a uh, what was that name? Mike Cernovich. You guys know Mike Cernovich? Never heard of him. He's kind of like an insane alt-right guy now, but he used no. to do like this men's self-help uh, like thing. No, I don't think I know him. Online thing that mm -hmm. he he put together some good stuff about. I, I liked some of his stuff. It was it was very good about. Because, like, I used to be super into the self-help stuff. I like reading yeah. books because I, I was struggling with those same questions, right? Like, what should I do? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of my life, when I was going through those periods where I knew nothing or knew, like, well, my ideas weren't that good, right? Mm -hmm. And I still think they aren't. But the one thing we know is, like, okay, I know that as I accrue more information, my ideas are going to get better. And I, what I can do is I can open doors for myself and I can make sure I'm on a solid. So, like, despite everything going on in my life, I have good savings. I have like a good path forward financially. I'm never going to be struggling for, mm -hmm. uh, well, obviously, you know, big recession things can happen, but I'm going to be yeah. in a good place. And I'm making sure I'm going to be in a good place to the best of my ability. I'm going to have a good job. It's so like, these are all things where it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what I, I don't know what I should do, but I know mm -hmm. what I can do so that when I know what I should do, I can be ready to do it. Now, I have a question for both of you pertaining to, to what you just said there. And I think it's something we can probably all relate to to some extent. I mean, we're grad students. We're off getting our PhDs. Like, we, I don't know. At least I know personally in my life, and it sounds like somewhat in yours as well, Daniel, we, to some extent, we've done what is safe. We, we, we have savings put aside in case things go wrong. We chose a career that will hopefully make us a good amount of money regardless of other situations that could arise in the world. Um, do either of you think that that also somewhat uh, limits us? So for example, um, uh, I recently went to see a concert over the summer of the Goo Goo Dolls and they were talking about how they were on tour, I think for, or uh, not on tour, like living out of a van for like seven years before they became big. And I, I, that's something I think about, especially having the music background, obviously, as well, is it's like, do you both feel to some extent that those, those are things that would never be available to us because we do, because it requires too much risk and kind of uh, blind faith? And maybe, uh, uh, well, uh, yeah. We'll Can just... I take on this one? Yeah, go right ahead. Because I actually had a conversation with a friend uh, yesterday uh, at night at about 10 p.m., I believe. So we're just talking about um, uh, he works for his dad who spent most of his young years building a business. And now, uh, and so this friend of mine uh, works for his dad, and so we're just talking about what we do and 
I was telling him about how growing up I had these engineering uh, aspirations. Uh, early on, I'd wanted to become a mechanical engineer. Then later on, I wanted to be a civil engineer. Then at some point, I was like, okay, um, I don't know. Somehow, I ended up studying math and uh, I was just interested in software engineering somewhat. I was interested in like computational math and putting all of them together. Now I'm in grad school. And I was just telling him about how I always wanted to learn like a real skill. Like, and I do have real skills, like things that I can do. Like I've had gardens where I've grown them. I've raised like animals. I've, um, I, I changed my own oil. I, I fixed certain things in my car, mm -hmm. um, like changing my spark plugs, my ignition coil. These are things that I can do. I wish I could do more. I wish I had learned construction, like basic things like carpentry. Mm -hmm. These are skills that I didn't get to learn. Now, he learned some of these things, like because his father forced them onto him, saying, hey, you need to learn some of these things. Mm -hmm. And he wished he could go, he could have gone to college and learned other, some of these other things. And I was telling him that, look, trust me, you haven't missed out on anything. Like the stuff that I'm learning here, you can easily learn them. What you've learned, I feel like time, I feel like I neither have the time nor the resources to get into them at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, just going on, uh, you, it might seem like what we're doing is a safe thing, I really don't think it is uh, because like you, you were just saying that, yeah, you, you have a good savings, you have a good this, uh, assuming we don't hit a recession. I noticed that like, like in this present world, we have that like the economic situation is fairly decent, even though we do have a lot of people living below the poverty line. If you took that 200, 300 years ago, the people that we say live below the poverty line are doing a lot better than most of the other people. So the world is in a much better place than it was several hundred years ago. Yep. Sometimes I ask myself that, what happens if, uh, I tend to like watching apocalyptic movies a lot. <laughs> I don't know why, maybe it, it's messing my brain somewhat. And sometimes I ask myself, okay, so if say a nuke hit and a lot of our, like our civilization is wiped out and say we're back to being uh, maybe cavemen or something like this. Like, how can I survive with the skills that I have? Like, do I have the survival skills necessary to... Just write some proofs out, man. It'll be fine. <laughs> I know. What happens if I come face to face with a bear? Well, I, I would like to assume to some extent that going the education route and going through, you know, PhD and we have, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I guess this is a little yeah. hazy in that regards. But, like, I would like to think we would be able to... M talk and work with other people and whether it should be worded this way or not to some extent manipulate people um to assist us and to help us through and like i feel like often it's it's the very intelligent people and i'm not saying other people aren't intelligent but yeah. like usually pursuit of a phd because you enjoy knowledge and learning and you're yeah. good at it and so it's usually those people who rise to power especially in situations like that because everyone else reverts from that so much and so you stand out True, that is definitely true. But my point was, we didn't choose the safest path because... Assuming an apocalypse is coming. Yes, yes. that's all, yeah, <laughs> the expectation value that happening is so low. You have it's to so weight true. it very small in terms of like what is a safe path, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I will agree, I will say that I could have, instead of becoming a physics major, I could have been an engineering major. Instead exactly. of going to grad school, I could, you could have gotten a start job. a job immediately. Yeah. <coughs> And there's an argument that that's safer. It's probably, it's probably true. I would say that in some ways it was harder. In some ways it was easier. Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to stay in grad school in terms of like, oh yeah, you can you you can take on less responsibility in your life, even though what you're doing is hard. Um, there's like there, there's a reason that people end up in being like 12th year grad students, right? Yeah. Go or collecting a, and drink a lot and, and a, <laughs> a bajillion degrees. Or, or yeah, 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 who would do yeah, that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like the like there's like having a job is like serious and oh, yeah. as a grad student, you don't always feel like 
you get a job, or at least you, if you've had an experience in a real job, you shouldn't feel like this is a like uh-huh. you should feel obligated that this is a real job, but you shouldn't feel the pressure of a real job. For sure, yeah. um, you're working part time as a TA or RA. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so depends on what you're teaching, because my class one makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's true. You can have a hard time of it, but it's still part. I guess I should say full time. It's not full time work. It's yeah. part time mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Um, Mm, yeah, I. Yeah, I definitely. Know. The life of an artist mm. is harder, and to be fair, it's not as rewarding. Uh, uh, well, it is rewarding. It's not as rewarding maybe financially because although like we see artists that make like several millions, that is uh, like would use the phrase point. the one percent mm-hmm. point zero. But that's like the point zero one percent. But it's almost always the case that they, or at least. From what I have seen and and from what I've heard, that they they go through, they're willing to go through yeah. years and years of bottom barrel surviving in True. pursuit of that True. art, and yeah. then they become like you don't even stand a chance if you're not willing to do yeah. you know five years living in a van kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just interesting, and I wanted to see what you and guys. It's, and it's very understandable why would no one would want that for their kids? Exactly. Because right? yeah. if you, it's like you gotta live this, you gotta shoot yourself in the foot basically while, mm-hmm. while your peers are getting ahead. And then the job market gets harder and the skills that you need change. Instead of preparing for that change, you're pursuing something with only a small chance. And then, there, yeah, there's True. no guarantee. So like, exactly. <coughs> and most artists that you, you know of, I don't know if you have friends who have pursued careers in that line, their parents are almost never in support of it. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's changing these days. Sometimes they're more in support of it. But if you ask yeah. them, they'll always still be worried. Right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're still yeah. the ones who support it. It like, is hard. But uh, the other argument that I'll make with that is these are people who are often like convinced of their like what they want Mm -hmm. and find a lot of satisfaction in it so that even if they didn't have like get all of the other uh, rewards that you typically get in say a career, Mm -hmm. they still love it Mm -hmm. and get like a lot of fulfillment in it, which cannot be quantified in terms of. Uh, dollars. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so this is the way that this is the way that that I was raised. Um, like I grew up in a pretty, not a pretty conservative household, but like a fiscally conservative household mm-hmm. with parents who were like make sensible decisions. Yeah. My yeah. father's a big like make sensible decisions type thing. So. Um, oh, that's why you didn't become a mermaid. Well, I. I <laughs> um, like, I if I didn't go to grad school. Oh, wait, uh, what are men called? Do we have merman. male mer- merman. merman? Merman. Oh, okay. Never heard of that. I grew up I, knowing I, neither a merman nor a mermaid. Yeah. Um, if if I didn't go to grad school, I probably would have gone back and and played music with my band for like a year. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a popular type of music. It would have been like street shows in Ithaca and stuff like that at small mm-hmm. bars. Like it would have gone. It would have gone nowhere. And that wasn't mm-hmm. the point. The point of yeah. it was just as an artistic thing. Um, and I've never once regretted not doing that. Like, it was kind of just a, like, I don't know what I'm doing type decision. Mm-hmm. And I would have gotten meaning from that. But at the same time, like, for something that gives you meaning, there's an insane amount of actors and singers and stuff who just, like, go out on drug binges. Oh, yeah. 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 And are drinking all the time and are just not genuinely happy or fulfilled people. Mm. So, like, my, my strategy has always been... And this wasn't one that necessarily came... It was definitely influenced by my upbringing, but it was also mm-hmm. influenced by, like, my perspective on things, which is just, like, I'm going to open as many doors in as possible, and I'm going to get a career that I don't hate and that I can do something meaningful with. And then all of my meaningful stuff, like like writing, like philosophy, like whatever else I want to do, like music, can come on the side. Mm-hmm. So I never want to have a career that takes up 100% of my time. That is, like, my life is only this. Um, because I want to be generating meaning, but at the same time, like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't think, I'm not someone, like, and this is, like, the conservative, like, the conservative approach to life, right, of, like, mm-hmm. this isn't, like, politically conservative, but, like, the, the literally the word conservative. Like, I don't think I would ever be willing to take a crazy chance and go do something, like, like quit my job and go mm-hmm. do this thing without some promise of a reward. Yeah. Um, and that's not like, oh, go go join your friend's like startup business that has mm-hmm. like a ch- small chance to be a unicorn but might fail. Well, you still get good job experience doing that. I don't yeah. know why people say that's like taking a huge chance or something. Um, but like, I mean, like like dropping everything and not going to school and not going like and getting things like despite you not learning necessary th- 
things in college. Like I still feel like it could be so much more efficient than it is. Mm-hmm. It's still like the number one indicator of like increased yeah, uh, yeah, increased sure. income. Like like regardless of how much a scam people say college is, it's still like a um, an excellent way to increase income. So true. Yeah, and uh, it's sorry. Of Merman, yeah. I, I, I just googled <laughs> it and I looked at the images, and all of them seem to have abs. I'm like, don't we have fat Merman? Of course not. No, dude. No, because Merman are fantasy. only in like yeah. ro- women's romance novels. So yeah, of course, they're all gonna have abs. But uh, what was I about to say? You were talking. Oh, conservative life. Um, I I feel I am in a similar boat to you, where I don't think I would ever do things like that as well. Now I want to ask, um, because I know I feel this way, I sometimes wish that weren't the case. Like, because there are things I would like to try or experience, but I know for a fact I never will because of that conservative upbringing and then that has kind of become my own kind of point of view. Like, for example, you know, you always hear someone, and, you know, there are bad examples and good examples, but of of people, you know, taking a year off and traveling the world and going to... And they talk about how amazing life experience and culture and things like that, but they're they're not advancing their career. They're, it's taking a big risk. It could mean that you end up not getting a job afterwards, and now yeah. you're screwed. So I I don't I've never I know people do this. I don't understand how they fund it. It's besides a, yeah, with daddy's money, yeah, yeah like um, precisely. Like this is a one hundred percent a white girls with daddy's money thing. Well, like, you I, can like, save I, money, I, and you can work at a lot of places and live like hostels are very cheap actually in a lot of countries especially yes. in like europe and stuff yeah um so there are ways to do it and people find ways to do it and there are programs yeah. and so yeah so my view on this is like yeah i know the argument of like well i want to do things like that when i'm 20 because when i'm 30 i'm going to be uh, or because when i'm older i'm going to be too old but i don't think 30 is too old for that mm-hmm. no, and i don't fair. like like i'm planning on doing a lot of traveling once i'm settled down and have a good job like, now i'm going to be doing a lot of that you on you think things. so so you you don't think you'll be Oh, I have to get to the next job position. I'm in a job. Well, we're gonna I be having take kids, a break. so that's gonna be that's gonna be something Quite that we'll something. get in on that. But also, like we live, like I'm. I don't know if this will be the case depending on where we live. But like I was partially raised by my grandparents. We don't do the mm-hmm. whole like nuclear household thing as much yeah. in mm-hmm. my family. So like my and once the everything opens back up, uh, Jen's parents might be moving over as well. So mm-hmm. you might have grandparents to help out with household things, which is how stuff That's works yeah. in those cultures, right? Yeah. So now I'm not saying I'm gonna be like, here, take the kids, I'm gonna go visit Bolivia for, <laughs> for a month. But, uh, Wait, you mean you don't wanna join a tribe over there? <laughs> no, really, no. Um, and hunting the Amazon? And, and that's a good I point. Don't even people, know if, uh, the Amazon extends to parts I of Bolivia. No people, people say these things, and but I don't know if they ever. I don't know if they like. I think they're doing these do things because they're worth doing. Like I, I'm also not a huge. I like traveling, but I'm not a huge travel person. I like mm-hmm. experiencing new cultures. I like eating food. I like going places and doing fun things. But I'm not a huge person of like. I just like traveling and traveling and traveling. Like eventually, I I do like just going back to my own bed and stuff so uh-huh. i'm not i'm not and that's so that's so that might be partially me i might have like a warped perspective on it because it's like not my favorite thing in the world um and i did travel some in college so like i spent a lot of money on that too actually mm-hmm. so like the, there's there's uh i feel like i did all that i guess is what i want to say like mm-hmm. i have traveling plans from the future but they're different they're like family traveling plans whereas like all of my like traveling with friends to crazy places and doing crazy things i feel like i did that under mm-hmm. so now, Emmanuel, what yeah. about you in terms of conservative lifestyle? Do you feel you're missing out on opportunities? How do you make decisions in your life? Elaborate. I've always question. been a bit of an oddball to some extent. That's for sure. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the sense that, yeah, I am pretty conservative in terms of uh temperament Mm -hmm. i was raised just like uh, you like very conservative african parents who want you to make the sensible decision when Mm -hmm. you were picking up anything they were like okay what can you do with it Uh, that was always their reaction or whatever decision you were making they were like okay um can it help you pay the bills can it help you settle Mm -hmm. down but like i said being an oddball i always the things that made them worried, <laughs> made decisions that made, left them like grinding their teeth. Uh-huh. 
And uh, so after graduating college, uh, before making my decision to come to uh, grad school, my goal was I'm looking, I was trying to find a part-time job. I, I didn't want to do a full-time job, not because I didn't want to work. I wanted to spend the rest of my time um, doing research. And so luckily I found a part-time job, which was from late afternoon to night. So it was mm -hmm. like the uh, second shift. Yep. And I was working, I was making decent money enough that I could live off on. Mm -hmm. I was living with my sister, we were roommates, so it wasn't like I was living off of her, that she was paying the bills or something. And I got the chance to do research. I was uh, studying, uh, doing a lot of fun projects on the side mm -hmm. because I, I wanted to develop and grow myself. I had, I had this close friend, we, I mean, we are still very close friends, uh, where we talked, we made business plans. We're like, okay, uh, we had plans down on paper. It was something that I was definitely willing to pursue in the long term. Well, uh, convincing people to give you their money so you can <laughs> try something risky with it is, is always a hard one. And so we're never sure. able to pull that one off, but we still have those plans now. I, I've always had those in mind. Now, Dan, you and I, we've had conversations where I have a giant map where I've been looking at things now for the sake of, hey, do not say it. We are yeah. on air right now. You cannot say what I've said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a giant map. Um, and so I still have some of these things in mind. Sometimes I feel like I, I should probably grow up out of some of these like things. Uh, plus right now, uh, uh, I'm in a dating relationship. I'm engaged and hoping to be married next year mm -hmm. uh, in about seven months from now. And so sometimes I just take a step back and I wonder, should I still be doing some of these things? I definitely do want to still take risks because mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes just doing the safe thing. I, I feel like long-term I would go, long-term I'd look back and wonder what would have happened if I had done this? What would have happened if I had not taken this step? Yeah, so like I had this conversation where, uh, my friend one time, the first time that I asked a girl out and I, I told him about it. I was like, I really like this girl. I didn't know what she's going to say. I said, if I ask her out, I didn't know what her response was going to be. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine told me that, what's the worst thing she can say? No. And that really That's spurred me That's not the on. worst thing she can I say. Know that, I will say but that. At the, time, at the time, I didn't know any better. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay. So that really gave me the boost and I went for it. Uh -huh. now, I'm not going to say on air what the response was. But <laughs> was it worse than a no? Uh, it was worse than a no. Yeah. <laughs> We've uh, all been there. Yeah. It's okay. Never listen to your 16-year-old friend. <laughs> uh, but my point is, I, I've always been willing to, often when I want to do something, I find people who tell me to do it and tell and them, hey, what do you think? And like, it's often said that advice is the thing you ask for when you know what to do, but don't really want to do yep, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I've always wanted to take risks. Now, I'm, as I grow older, I feel like the desire to take them sort of like waning a bit, but I still want to take some of them before I get too old and have too many responsibilities, like you mm -hmm. were talking about kids coming in the way, so that I would be afraid to take those risks. Because I, I know it's just real. It, it is that as you get older, like the bills, uh, having a harder. house, yeah. uh, you don't want to end up homeless. You want to have a stable job. Says you, you I enjoy being homeless. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you just want stability. I mean, being homeless is fine, except when you, when you live in the North Country, where it's like minus 20. Uh, and you, you definitely don't want to be outside. And so like, I do want to take risks. I feel like, well... I am in a place where right now it's kind of safe, like you said, grad school. I completely agree. Grad school is a bit safe. And sometimes oh, yeah. I feel like I'm wasting time because of some of the risky things that I want to do in life. I feel uh -huh. sometimes I look back and I feel like I'm wasting time, like in grad school right now, because I sure. really have a lot of things planned out, written down that I'm like, I want to pursue this. I'm like, do I even have enough time to do them? Because uh -huh. at the same time, I don't want to, like in starting a family, 
I, I really value the idea of children. I, I uh -huh. value children. I view children as precious. And I don't think a person who isn't single-minded, who isn't ready to uh, put in the time and the effort to raise them should be having them. And being mm -hmm. one who wants to have kids mm -hmm. and also wants to pursue these things, I'm at odds right now. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I want to do these things, but I don't want to end up being someone who's going to bring children into the world and make them a problem for society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for I want to sure. be able to play the role <coughs> as a father. Yeah. I also want to be able to pursue the things that I genuinely feel passionate about so that I'd have kids who can look up, to have something yeah. they can look yeah. up to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the, oh man, I forgot who said this, but it was... Probably Gandhi. It was, <laughs> I think I might have told you this one time, Paul, but the it was like life advice and it was like, be the kind, it was like, aim to be the kind of man not that like who you would respect, but who can raise kids that you would respect. It's something. Oh, yeah. It's to that's the spirit of it. But it's uh -huh, like it's yeah. not enough to just be like good yourself. But if you're considering have kids, then you need yeah. to you need to expand these responsibilities. Yeah. You need to not Absolutely. just be learned, but you need to be a good teacher. You need yeah. to not just be um, understanding of yourself, but understanding of others. It was a really good like encapsulation of all these of all these different rules. I think I had yeah. one. Of, I forgot what it was. I'll have to bring it next time. That, that mm -hmm. was a that was a good one. I, I will say on the subject of like asking girls out. Yeah. People have this idea where they're like, you know, you need to be like go to the gym, get confident, and then you can ask girls out. You know, do these things like no. like no. nah. You got to do it when you're at your lowest. <laughs> when you are like, man, nothing else I am to such a piece of garbage. <laughs> I don't deserve anything. You go to that hot, like beautiful, kind girl that you've always been friends with or looked at from afar and never had the opportunity, and you ask her out. Because what's the worst that can happen? She can say a lot worse than no, but you can't feel any worse than you do at that moment. So it, is, it worked out really well for me, by the way. Oh, I actually did that, and it worked out really well. But, but like... Like, go for that, man. Like, <laughs> uh, that, that's my that's my advice on that. Subject. Please do not take the his advice. It's, it's very interesting that it's we're getting advice. this advice from the from the engaged and the and the married man yeah, here. Well, this on was dating. A, this this was this was different. This was a long time ago. Well, this time when I got engaged, this time when I was asking her, I wasn't at my lowest. Well, well, that time I don't know if I was at my lowest. That was okay, like you shouldn't a long ask time a girl ago. to marry you at your lowest. Those are very different. <laughs> <No. things. laughs> Well, I'm talking about when I was asking her out. I, I believe I was in a decent place. Yeah. Uh, I asked her out, but I still think like she was way out of my league at the well, time. Well, you see, some of us have really bad self-confidence issues, and so we build ourselves up so that we have the confidence to do these things. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You don't need confidence. Well, no, you do. That is the one thing you need is okay, confidence. Okay, now, you know how easy it is side to like... story, okay, I, I have a friend who was always... So, so he, he was in uh, school here. Uh, with us and he just graduated uh, now this guy was always at the gym we're roommates he was at the gym 24 7 uh, well not literally but i'm sure you get what yeah. i mean and uh working out the the reason he wanted to get girls it never works that way you and just then, get dudes and, saying, and yeah, suddenly, you're looking big man <laughs> dude, and then suddenly he <laughs> saw this other uh, like mutual friend of ours who never went to the gym was flabby and all that like yeah. looked nothing like an athlete yeah like land is really pretty girl confidence. and immediately he said he's not going to the gym again <laughs> he, said, he said he's lost all confidence I, I, know so many, I know so many people who are like yeah. like why do you go to the gym girls <laughs> it, it, yeah yes. that's that's probably one of the reasons uh, i initially started working that's out that's part that, of the reason everyone does but yeah. it shouldn't be like the reason but it, it it's so like, not the case it is yeah. so not the case it is a re it really comes down to I think confidence and wow, this has been such a divergence from our original like, topic. <laughs> Going to the gym and asking girls out. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, we talked about love being one of the things that give life meaning. So we did. I did want to touch on that more, uh, but we'll have to save that for another time because okay. we're, yeah. we're we're running we out of time here. But here. I do want to have a, a conversation on love one of these days if you guys are willing. I know yeah, you're yeah. both in. Well, absolutely. This has brought up so many good ideas. I, I'm I'm super. I'm not as open about current relationships that I have, well, by mm -hmm. one that I have, but I'm <laughs> very open about things in the past besides mm -hmm. like dropping names, obviously. Yeah. So like, there's like, I have a lot, of, I have a lot of experiences. Okay. I'm done talking about stuff. And, and, and it, it's not just like, 
like I was the bad guy in some of those experiences. Like I can talk pretty openly about like, hey, here's things where like I did fucked up shit in a relationship and mm-hmm. like stuff like that, um, which isn't like necessarily a subject of love, but I think it all comes together, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's all it's all part of that. So no, yeah. I think it's a good discussion. I want to have a discussion about like parenthood at some point. Too. Oh yes, yeah. for I sure. I think that would like, be a good one. That's a good have. one. Since we're both people who are aspiring to like not do a yeah. bad job of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually you read a lot of good your books kids, on or your that. robot kids or whatever ends oh. up happening. My robot <laughs> kids? What? <laughs> no. AI kids. What are you trying to imply here? That <laughs> no, I, was, I'm not, I wasn't actually <laughs> implying anything here. I was just saying, like, you know, whatever whatever you end up popping out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> robots, thanks. <laughs> Glad to see you think so highly of me, like Daniel. 70, you're like 70 and the new, the new like, uh, kawaii, kawaii anime girl robot daughter comes out. Like, One of those, please. No, wait. I'll take five. I don't know. I don't know who you'll be. <laughs> Oh gosh! You're talking I'm about not, kids, not sandwiches, yeah, right? Yeah. Just because I'm True. not married now doesn't mean I don't have aspirations one day for marriage. Well, and but not kids. everyone wants to have kids. That is true. Kids. That is so, true. Yeah. So, I was so it must be the case that since I'm not married, I will have robot children. <laughs> no, it was just another option. Just one of the many options for you. Fair okay, enough. Just fair keep, enough. Okay. Keep your future okay. Open. But uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good good fun little note to end on All here. Right, yeah. uh, this is the. Uh, Finding the Overton Window podcast. I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dougal. Emmanuel Latindama. And we'll see you guys next time.